podcast at Ground Zero is presented to you by the Apocalypse. Because without the Apocalypse we wouldn't be doing this show. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Podcast at Ground Zero, your home for the apocalypse for episode 84, Gamma World Inspirations. I am the apocalypse nerd. He is Adam Bomb Glancy. Welcome to the Wastelands. All right, folks, we got another episode coming at you right now. So this episode is was inspired by Mr. Glancy because we were having a conversation that he was like, I'm looking for Gamma World inspirations. And he's been posting on some Gamma World groups about Gamma World inspirations. So, and we started having a conversation, and about 20 minutes into the conversation, I said, you know what? We need to be recording this. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, this is, this is, we are wasting a podcast. We are wasting a podcast. I'm like, shut up, save it for the show. So, uh, we're going to talk about Gamma World Inspirations. Uh, mainly, it's kind of, let's talk about different books that were inspirations, but there's movies and TV shows as well. We're just going to kind of talk about, because anyway, we like talking about Gamma World. And we're going to talk about different books and movies we've seen, mainly a lot of books that, uh, we find inspiring uh, for Gamma World material. And and I want to say that Gamma World is a different kind of apocalypse, all right? Um, we've talked about it in the past. It's a classic old uh, role-playing game that came out right after Dungeons & Dragons. I think it was published in 77. Um, and it's a... It's a 78. Yep, it is. Pardon me. Um, the uh, It is uh, an apocalypse that is set in the future. That is... Things don't blow up in 1997. You know, back in the 80s, everything was going to go wrong in 1997, always. Um, it's it's an apocalypse that happens generations in the future. So we have all kinds of high-tech stuff that we don't have today. Uh, laser rifles, powered armor, you know, atomic-powered cars, the works. Um, I think, I think, I th- I think it starts... In like twenty three, twenty two, so it's like a few. It's like a couple hundred years in our future. Yes, yes, that's where Gamma World starts. But I'm also going to include the things that are related to that, or things where the things blew up in the future is an element of Gamma World. So that there's technology. The lost technology is higher than the technology that we're working around with today. Right. That's one of the things that goes on. Oh yeah. Well, robots are a thing. Lasers. Laser guns. It's like somebody nuked the Jetsons. Right. I think that's not an unfair description. Somebody nuked the Jetsons. Well, well, you know there is a theory that the Jetsons and the Flintstones are in the same happening at the same time. You, yes. you, ever, you ever seen that theory? Yes, because the Flintstones are on the on the ground beneath those floating cities. It's yes, absolutely. I, I think there's something to this. I buy it. I, I buy it. I don't think you know. I, I think there's there's more to this. We could explore more, but it has to be kind of in the future. There kind of has to be super science. Uh, there has to be kind of weird mutants. Radiation can't just give you bone cancer and you die. Okay, that's no fun, 
radiation Ble- has bleeding to... gum, bleeding gums, diarrhea, vomiting. No, <laughs> no, that's not the radiation we want for this future. This radiation has to deliver, you know, agromegaly and hydrocephaly. Sure, so you can have uh, lots of cleft palates on the mutants. But what we're really aiming for is something, you know, where the the mutants mutants end up with powers, and we're going to go into some, you know, either. They can, you know, they can spit acid. They've got multiple limbs. They've got psychic abilities. Whatever. That's that's what we're looking for for mutants. Well, yeah, and it's you know, it's it's science fan, it's science fantasy. It's not science mm-hmm. fiction. Absolutely, it's, because it's not hard science. It's science fantasy, and they clearly have called the game science fantasy from the beginning. And you know, it's you know, it's fantastical. You know, a lot of it. You know, whereas you know, some of it, it seems like magic and. You know, it's a lot of people call it, it's been called, and I've got this argument to people that it's like, you know, it's considered very Wahoo because it's very, you know, or Gon- not, Wahoo Gonzo. and Gonzo. And, you know, some people, you know, it's like, but, uh, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be like that. I mean, that's a lot of people's interpretation. And if you, if you played it right from the book like that, I could see it's like, yeah, it's a bit Gonzo, you know, because, you know, and, you know, and giant rabbit, of... giant rabbits turning metal into rubber and all that shit. It's like, yeah, it's a bit gonzo, you know. But we're going to talk about some stuff, uh, some inspirations, some things that are related to this that definitely are a bit gonzo. And in his opening to Gamma World, and I, you know, I the, the, yeah, it was published in 1978 by TSR, but written in 1977 on September 16th, James Ward wrote this, and, and Gary Jaquette wrote this introduction, and they to the book and they mentioned some things that inspired them back then about that, that inspired them for this kind of a post-apocalyptic story and the four things they mentioned were brian aldous's uh, novel the long afternoon of earth uh, andre norton's novel starman's son or daybreak 2250 ad it's got under both yep. titles uh sterling lanier's book hero's journey and finally ralph Bakshi's animated movie wizards are there four things they describe you know sort of as their inspiration for gamma world now between the two of us we're familiar with all four of these yes but i have not read the long afternoon of earth by brian aldis i i know he also wrote starship which has yep. some connections to metamorphosis alpha yep. but i haven't read that either so what can you what can you tell us about long afternoon of earth uh, besides that it's not good <laughs> I understand that spiders have apparently woven a web from the earth to the moon, or is it plants grew from the earth to the moon? I can't no, remember. It's, well, plants, okay, now mind you, I read this book close to 40 years ago, maybe yeah. uh, maybe 35, uh, uh, 91, uh, probably 38 years ago. I mean, I read it like, and I read it once. It's not a big book. It's not very big. You know, a lot of people say, you know, it's a Hugo Award winning and nominated, but it's I I I was reading a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff at that time because it was like probably like 83, 84. I read a lot of it and it just I just didn't didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's like humans are like I don't know if the humans are smaller. I think the humans were smaller. I think they evolved to that's, be smaller. That's what's that's what's happened in uh, Starship. Yeah. The, as well. The, well, I don't know. Well, they, they evolved to be smaller because of predatory animals to be safer. So humans are a little bit smaller, but then everything else is gi-fucking-gantic. You know, like trees are miles tall, like miles. 
And, and insects are the size of buses. Or bigger, because I think they ride on a spider that climbs on their spider web and they go to the moon or something. Like, it's just, it's, it's really, it's like, I just, again, I don't remember. That's about all the details I remember, because it's like billions of years in the future. I read it once, a long time ago, and I just, when I read it back then, I just remember not enjoying it. Some people like it. They say it's a great book, and you know what? That's fine. That's But for me, my personal opinion was I did not enjoy it. I have not read it, um, and uh, what I read when I read up about it online, when I read somebody's review online, I looked at the Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a world where humans – I wonder what James Ward and Gary Jaquette took from it. Was it just the idea that humans are no longer the dominant species and that we are – if you go out into this world – you are the prey of all kinds of other creatures that will just gobble you up like, you know, fresh fucking strawberry. And that's the end of you. I mean, that aspect is very gamma world where the environment is super hostile to humans. Maybe. But from what I can tell, there's no hint of lost technology. Uh -uh. There's no hint of human mutations, just animal, weird animal evolution um, where plants and insects, are the dominant species on earth and, that's all I know about Aldous's book, and so I guess we'll have to leave it at that. But the next one, Daybreak oh, twenty twenty two fifty. Oh, before, go ahead. Before, before we get into those, just be, before I forget, mm-hmm. is uh, before we go with the rest of the books, I want to interject that one of the things I forgot to mention, um, and then we'll circle back to it, is in the last show that Thundar the Barbarian, which we'll talk about as an influence yeah. for Gamma World, or at least, well, at least you're not for the creation of the game itself, but people's inspirations. Yes. Um, it, it had originally gotten a release in DVD, but it was kind of like, you know, print on demand DVDs, you know, like 10 years ago with Warner brother archives. They are actually releasing a Blu-ray version of it. Uh, and then from everything that I've read, it is been remastered to 1080p, you know, and a lot of people said like, well, how much better can you get a cartoon from 1980? And people made some good examples that there was a lot of, Shows that they that Warner Brother has done that to, like uh, there's a bunch of other shows from that period. I can't remember which ones, but they were they were uh, ticking them off, and they're like, yeah, they've redone these, and they look a lot better, you know. So, um, of course, you know, I'm going to be forced to, you know, after ten years to buy it again because it'll be on Blu-ray because it'll be a better looking picture. So on Blu-ray, you're going to have to. I got, I have to, you know. I mean, shit, I bought uh, the Prisoner. I bought that. Let's see, I got it on. I had it originally on VHS. <laughs> which I got, I had on V, I had it on VHS, which I'd gotten from my local video store, probably a Blockbuster, because they sometimes they sell off mm-hmm. videos that, that don't sell. So I had it, you know, v, I, had, I had it on a VHS. I think I bought. Did I buy it a second time on VHS? Well, did you wear the tapes out? No, or I wonder if they came out with a, an official uh, print. No, I don't think they ever came out with official printing of it. But they came out with uh, a DVD set, and that's then sets have. twice, and then they issued the DVD set a second time in slimmer cases, so I got it again. Then they issued a blue they issued it on Blu-ray, uh, but then they did a like another Blu-ray edition a couple of years ago, which was a completely remastered ver you know, because the the previous Blu-ray wasn't really remastered, but they did a remaster of it and I bought that. So I bought the prisoner like five times. You know, but the final one was this remastered edition of it and it looks fan fucking tastic from a TV show from the fucking 60s. So 
Just because it's old. It's not the last time, dude. They're going to come up with a powdered version. You have to snort like a line of cocaine. You're going to buy it. It's going to be nanites in your brain. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) So, uh, so, so anyway, so Thunder the Barbarian is coming out on Blu-ray, I think in April. So um, if you've never gotten it, you'll be able to get it. And it looks like it's going for pre-orders for like 25 bucks for the That's not bad for a full season. For a full, the whole full season. So. So anyway, so we'll talk about Thunder some more, but I wanted to interject that before I forgot that. So okay. moving on to the next book of the four that inspired Gamma World. Yeah. Andre Norton was a writer who was, it's a woman who actually wrote under a man's name back in the 50s and 60s because, well, people wouldn't open a goddamn science fiction novel if a woman's name was on it. So she wrote under a, uh, a pseudonym that was sort of androgynous, but uh, as opposed to Andrea Norton. But uh, anyway, she wrote two very good post-apocalyptic novels. One is mentioned by Ward and Jaquette, and that is uh, Starman's Son or Daybreak 2250, where we are, again, hundreds of years. Uh, the, 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 the apocalypse happened in the future, and the apoc- we are now hundreds of years after the apocalypse. That's kind of one of the big things, is that the apocalypse itself, the end of civilization is... It, it distant and then the people who are wandering around after this apocalypse don't remember what television is there are multiple generations down the road so that the time of technology is but like these are like myths of the gods it is something dimly remembered only in stories and that is all over the character of fours the uh, star, the 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 star man, or rather the son of a star man. They get around to explaining who the star men are, but they are a tribe that seeks out places of the ancients that are able to be excavated for all the goodies and uh, all the goodies of the past. And our hero is a mutant who has some superpowered eyes and some superpowered hearing and some white blonde hair because of his mutations and uh, has a giant cougar-sized Siamese mutant cat that is his sort of uh, his his bosom companion, his his sidekick, his Sancho Panza, his uh, Tonto, whatever you want to call it, you know, his, his uh, right-hand guy is a giant cougar-sized Siamese cat that he goes out and explores the uh, wasteland with. And this thing has got, it's got horrible, creepy mutants that live under the sewers in the cities, the beast things, uh, who are definitely got some, they've got some superpowers and that they can track you by scent and they're extra strong and they're kind of nasty. And there's that weird colony of intelligent lizards that destroy the, there's a, there's a sequence in the book where there's a, an, a, a hive colony of intelligent lizards that have evolved out in the desert in the in the radiation areas, and uh, they work as they work in, in, as a group, uh, but with sort of you know organized. And uh, so there's there's that kind of mutations in this far distant future. So, and um, I'm and I'm going to take your word on it because again, I read that 35 plus years ago. So some of the things you're you're talking about, I I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 I remember that. But a lot of it I don't, because, again, I read it so long ago, and I read so yeah. many books since then, you know? And uh, it's definitely got this thing where the tribes all have these myths about where they evolved from. The star men turn out to be the survivors from, a like, a NASA facility 
Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're from a NASA spaceflight facility, and uh, the uh, the tribe of uh, uh, I mean, there's the plainsmen who who very much act like American Indians. They act like the Sioux or uh, the Cheyenne. Uh, well, but let's but there's that, the, let's not give them the entire book. Yeah. True, but there's a, there's another clan that's descended from Air Force pilots who were forced to ditch their plane. So that's a very Gamma World touch as well. Um, the next one that uh, they mention in that list is uh, Sterling well, Amir. Well, let's uh, before before we talk about uh, Sterling. Cam, for Sterling, let's talk about the other Andre uh, Norton okay. book. This because... is one that Jared thrust into my hands, probably in that bookshop in Jacksonville. Yep, we were we were in uh, we were in Jacksonville. Uh, there was a uh, Ch- Chamberlain's Book Mine, uh, big uh, bookstore, used bookstore. And I had come across this book uh, a number of like it's one of these books is like oh my god how did I not know this existed I probably came across it like five or six years ago um, maybe a little bit more but all of a sudden when we were in this uh, bookstore I was looking at the Andre Norton section I'm like oh my god they have like five six copies of this you know which and I'd never seen or heard of it before then but they, it's called Starman's uh, not Starman's I'm sorry No Night Without Stars yeah No Night Without Stars I just uh... Finished it up a couple days ago, in fact. Boy, this one has definitely got the Gamma World stink on it. Oh, you my God. Way in the future, the apocalypse blew up a society that had robots, artificial intelligence uh, complexes, laser weapons, sonic weapons. I mean, whatever world got blown up, they blew up Buck Rogers, okay? And the stories got, you know, our hero has his... Uh, giant horse-sized coyote coyote that he rides around on and uses as a pack animal right yep. that's gamma world right and there. uh yeah and the woman who's his companion in it uh yeah doesn't uh, she have some kind of powers oh yeah she's got psychic powers out the yin yang she's got a number of psychic abilities where she can communicate with animals she uses her psychic abilities to scare people off yeah she's got some psychic abilities so she's got her mental mutations right and um, what sold me on this book to tell me that it was very Gamma World is because again we don't want to let's not dump everything out of the story, yeah. but it's got a crazy fucking cybernetic installation. Yes, yes, it does, and uh, and it's also got crazy misshapen mutants because there's a there's a mutant that stalks them in the ruins of the city that is got you know that's like ten feet tall. And has a horn growing out of its head, you know, and is coming to club them with a parking meter, you know. I mean, it's yep. got all the the things you want from a Gamma World mutant, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's you know? very that book. I came across that. I was like, huh, star, uh, No Night Without Stars. Why haven't I ever heard of this before? And I read it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is so Gamma World, you know? Yeah, so yes, Gamma World. Uh, then he also they also mentioned Sterling Lanier's uh, Hero's Journey. And Hero's Journey, uh, like any good book about traveling across the irradiated wastes, has a map in it. That's one of the things I want to point out about Hero's Journey right off the bat. And I know we can't show up, but I love books that have maps. Like, you know, when I was a kid, The Hobbit had a map showing how they got to the... Oh, yeah. You kind of keep track. You're like, you'll read about it and you'll flip back to the... You'll hold your place and go to the front and be like, okay, where are they on the map, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh... Uh, 
Hero's journey is set in a post-nuclear world of mutants, and it's all the cool kind of mutants. It's uh, our hero rides a Morse, which is a semi-intelligent telepathic moose that he can communicate with, and is his his boon companion. Uh, both his Rocinante and his Sancho Panza at the same time, you know, because uh, it's his partner in crime. Uh, there's a mutant bear that he runs into who he can communicate with telepathically and has a whole society of mutant bears that are super smart. Um, I kind of wonder if, um, what's his name, got the idea for... Benjamin Wallace? Yeah, for the super smart bears, got it from Sterling Lanier's book. Maybe, maybe. That's a whole, that's a whole thing that goes through multiple uh, Doomsday Warrior novels is yep. the super smart bears. He keeps coming back to that joke. Um but yeah, this is a this is a world with you know, like the giant monsters that live in Lake Michigan are seabirds. Like they're they're seabirds the size of you know fucking whales, you know. Instead of you know, and there's giant turtles the size of buses in the swamps, and you know, killer weak what killer otters at one point, lemutes the lethal mutations the you know, horribly mutated wolverines and badgers. And, you know, it's it's gamma rolled up one side and down the other. Oh, isn't, you know? isn't there also some kind of, uh, if I remember in the second book, there's like a giant, like, snail or slug oh. that, per- that performs like surgery on him or something, if I remember yeah, correctly. There is, a, there is a giant slug that has somehow, through radiation, uh, slowly, ever, having been radiated at the beginning of the nuclear war, has now, through the course of thousands of years, in its radioactive muck hole it lived in, become sentient. Become sentient and psychically powered and the whole nine yards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, those, there, those, there's, those, those two books are so gang world. You oh, know. hell. There's, there's medieval-style kingdoms where the knights are riding around on uh, rabbits, giant rabbits is their mounts rather than the 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 moors from up north in Canada. Um, there's uh, yeah, there's lost technology being used by a a cryptic alliance of evil mutants. You know, it's it's gam world up one side and down the other, and both books are both Hero's Journey and the sequel, The Unforsaken Hero. Yeah, well, the are, the see the sequel didn't come out until like eighty four, I think. Let me Something check. like that. Let me check. I got it right in front of me here. I want to say, um, I want to say 84. 83, 83. 83. I was close. So the second book didn't influence it, but the first one totally, I mean, he's right. That first book totally influenced Game World because it's, it's like every, a lot of the stuff that happens in that is, well, in Game World, they have giant riding rabbits. Yeah, right. Exactly. The only thing that's missing is robots. I don't remember any robots. Yeah, no, neither do I. There's no robots. There's some high-tech laser weapons and shit and electric guns and crap, but there's I don't remember any robots anywhere. But, you know, apart from that, that would be the one thing that was missing. And God knows, robots and artificial intelligence are not missing from Gnome Night Without Stars. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's totally. So, yeah, those are huge 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 influences if you're if you're a fan of gam world at all or if you're a fan of that kind of apocalypse these are kind of must-haves um do you mr wallace want to take uh mcdevitt's eternity road up 
Um, I think we can. I, I was I was just looking at something real fast here. Sure. Oh, uh, basically, they call the giant riding rabbits uh, hoppers. Yeah. In in game world, hoppers. Yeah. And they might call them the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, that now that you're saying it, I think it might actually be the exact same name in uh, in in uh, Unforsaken Hero. Yeah. yeah so, so that totally came from there. But yeah, those are very inspiring. And of course, wizards. Um, oh yeah, you know, uh, wizards. You know, uh, classic movie. But that that you know that one is definitely super. That one is way, way, way. That's like a. I think it's like a couple of like a million years in the future or something yes. like that. Yeah, something it's, like that. Um, it, it's and it's very over the top, very seventies. Uh, you know, it's got magic. It's got technology. It's like not like it's mutations. It's basically it's magic. It's literally yeah. magic came back. Elves, world, fairies, you know? actual elves and fairies have come back to the earth. It's not that mutant humans look like elves and fairies. Nope, it's elves and fairies. It's elves and fairies. They were always there. They came back, but uh, yeah. But there's a lot of heavy good stuff in that. That movie. It's just it's such a classic movie. You know, here you here know, here's it's, it's, here's one mama never taught you. You know, yeah. <laughs> that is. That is hands down, sorry, the the best, you know, mono a mono confrontation ever. Okay. Yeah. You sh- any any mono a mono confrontation where it's the big final battle and you just cheat, that's the best fucking option. That oh, is yeah. always awesome. But it is it is great insofar as I mean, who doesn't want mutant Nazis to 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 mow down in the future all right you got to give them credit that the the mutant nazis were absolutely hilarious in wizards yeah it's uh you know it's uh, you know you know again again i mean he did all that because he was trying to be very thought-provoking on the subject matter with you know how they dug up all the propaganda and they tried they tried to utilize what worked for the nazi regime to take over you know the clean lands you know yeah yeah we must leave the land of Scorch. Yes, it's like our, our people need Lebensraum. And one of the things that's uh, sort of awesome about that was they dug up the weapons of war in Wizards that were giving them the high-tech advantage, but that couldn't win them the war. What they needed was the inspiration. Yeah. You know, the Nazi, you know, pomp and circumstance and 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 ideology inspiration is what, what uh, led to victories, not not uh, tanks and machine guns, you know. And I thought that was a really interesting, that was always a really interesting idea that ideology drives victory as much as technology or, you know, uh, and the idea that ideology drives victory is also a very Nazi idea, you know, that you can just win by the power of your will, you know, and your belief. Uh, So it's a, it's a, 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 it does provide though a, a world of robots and mutants and new races, which is very much a, a Gamma World thing. Absolutely. Um, now, stuff that we that was not on that list, we did talk about a couple because we threw out the two extra Andre Nortons. But I wanted to throw out. Um, you said Eternity uh, Road. Yeah, Jack McDivitt, McDivitt's Eternity uh, Road. Another thing, Mr. Wallace put me on to. Where it may not have crazy mutants, it's got everything else Gamma World asked for. It's yes, it's um, it's not it's not super far future. Uh, there but is AI, but there is AI. Um, it is um, 
you know, they call the people who, you know, but it's, it's, I think it's far enough in. I, I think I tried to, it may be a hundred years or so or 200 no, no, no. years. I am, I am positive when I cracked this thing open recently, because we had this back and forth, they were still talking about a thousand years into the future. Was it that far? I thought it was like a couple hundred. I could um, be wrong. I want to say it was a thousand, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look and see if I can pull something out of here. Uh, but they do have super high technology. They yeah. have they have an AI that you run into in the story. And McDivitt wrote another story uh, set in this same world that involved somebody coming across the ruins of a museum and activating um, activating a, uh, a, a 3D hologram of Winston Churchill. Which is yep. this sort of limited AI that uh, you know ends yeah. up telling the guy about the past, right? Yeah, th that was in a compilation. Uh, I read that. Um, yeah. I, can't I read remember. it. In, I read it in Wastelands Two. That's right. Compilation of short stories. Yep, I read it in there, and uh, it was nice to get to kind of go back to that universe, you know. Yeah, and. Um, uh, Let's see, uh, McDivitt wrote his in his uh, copyright. Late 90s. Yeah. 98, 97. 97, 97, yep. Um, so yeah, I picked up on that one. Yeah, I got. I probably picked up that one up around, uh, probably around 2000. That I didn't wasn't aware of it until it came out. And I was just like, oh, this is a gem, you know. You know, they call the people who made uh, the roads the road makers. That's who the yes. ancients were. The ancients were the road makers because the roads were still there yeah. for the most part because they made it out of some high tech material that lasted the centuries. That's like one of the only things left. And part of the story is they're looking for this uh, deposit, ancient depository of knowledge because mm -hmm. they kind of have like a like a like a medieval technology level society now. And they're trying to recapture the old technology. So they, there's these expeditions that keep on that some of the people and they think they're crazy. They're going out to try to find these repositories of knowledge and, and bring it back. This particular one is something called Polk's Fortress. Was that what it was called? It was like a it was it was it was like this citadel that they were looking for. This special repository in the face of the end times that was reputed to be out there. You know. Uh, yeah, that's it. Abraham Polk is the, the uh, there is the legend that there was a character named Abraham Polk that created this this uh, repository of knowledge that they're on their way to try and track it down across you know post apocalyptic North America, and they go from like I want to say like Texarkana, northern Louisiana, southern Arkansas, near the Mississippi. All the way up to New England. I want to. I want to say to New England by way of. I want to say by way of the Great Lakes. They bump up on the Great Lakes at some point, you know. And uh, you know, at some point, they uh, they find their way to a ruined city that the the monorail is still working on. You know, yeah. the, the monorail of the train is still working. Um, and 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 uh, there's this one really. I'm not going to reveal uh, reveal. But there's this cool thing about a satellite state uh, facility. Yes, uh, a uh, not a satellite, but a satellite dish facility, because I don't know. To me, something 
seeing a large abandoned, you know, radio antenna just always, you know, screams apocalypse to me. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, exactly. And the, the, again, this apocalypse was supposed to take place in the future. Uh, they find things on their travels like uh, a sign that says established 2023 you know, on a plaque on the side of a building, a metal plate. The first merchant bank established 2023, Ann Arbor, Michigan, you know. Um, so they're, they're, the apocalypse happens sometime after that. So it is in the future. So we do get some uh, super high-tech stuff, but not a ton, not a ton. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just looking in the Wikipedia, and if this is right, in a post-apocalyptic North America where almost everyone was killed by a plague 1,700 years prior. Ooh, 1,700 years. Okay. Yeah, so that's even more Gamma World than Gamma World. Yeah. As far as the, the time differences. You know, Gamma World's only a couple of hundred years after the apocalypse. And the apocalypse is a couple hundred years in the future. But 1,700 years is quite the stroll through time. Yeah, because they're, they're, the, they're in the Mississippi Valley. Yeah. And it, it it certainly has the gamma world feel of low-tech people exploring the high-tech world that's ruined. And they do a pretty good job of setting up hazards in this world. Oh, the yeah. ruins are doubly dangerous. The ruins are fucking dangerous for no other reason than rusty metal, collapsing buildings, trapped gas behind door sealed doorways. Yeah. Well, it's and, a sc- and there's not as much ruins as you would think because it's 1,700 years later. So nature has taken over a lot of space. So there are ancient ruins, but not as much as you think because a lot of it's collapsed and been grown over already. You know? Yeah, yeah, just piles of rubble that are now hills. Yep. You know. Um, so that's so, a good, that that's a that's a that's a good one. That's if anything, it's a good it's a good read. You know, it's yeah, it is one of the most superior post-apocalyptic reads I've ever. I mean, I've ever. It's it's up there with. Uh, with Brins the Postman for being just a really mature, well-organized, good story all the way down. It's, it's one of the best. It's one of the best. Um, it certainly doesn't have the big fleshy headed mutants. Oh no. Radiation has made me an enemy of society, you know, kind of. Yeah. Mutants. There's none of that stuff, but there's, uh, there's dangerous tribes and there's dangerous environments and it's a good exploration travel log story. It's a, it's a, it's a hex crawl, you know? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I hex, 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 hex crawl is a a gaming term for, uh, the, uh, uninitiated. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to go after McDivitt? Cause we got, I got some, uh, Richard Corbin and mutant world, which we named last time. We named, we talked about that last show. Uh, Richard Corbin, very, uh, good post-apocalyptic inspired stories, mutant world. And he did the uh, graphic illustration of a boy and his dog, which I guess a boy and his dog could count as gamma worldy and that the dogs are all mutated, aren't they? And there's robots in the down under. Yep. And there's, uh, you know, the glowing, uh, the gr- was it like, uh, the, oh, what right. they call the, them? The glowers or the screamers? screamers, screamers. We should absolutely be including a boy and his dog because there's, there's crazy mutant screamers. There's giant spiders. There's weird colonies of, of, of people living in totalitarian societies inside bunkers. Yeah, I guess we it's, should consider that uh, yeah. Gamma Worldy. We really That's should. That's very Gamma Worldy. Thank you, Harlan Ellison. You know? Yeah. 
Um, now, the, the, uh, the, the bastard of science fiction, you know. <laughs> now, uh, mutant world, you know, everyone's even more mutated. Yeah, uh, that 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 know. one's that one's very gamma world mutation type setting, you know, for sure. Oh yeah, the characters become these twisted, distorted shapes with you know, uh, you know, sort of uh, with 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 Richard Corbin adding his artistic style to uh, uh, all these misshapen characters who are, you know, the genetic disasters left over after, you know, the war um, mixed in with, you know, high-tech weapons and crazy mutant creatures. My favorite being the egg. Yeah. The whole sequence with the horrible egg they're trying to get open because they think they're going to have an omelet and it unzips like something out of the Aliens franchise. And instead of them eating the egg, the content of the egg eats them. Oh. And, and, and if we've never said it before, folks, uh, our shows are constant spoiler alerts. We do, yeah. we, we do reveal a lot of stuff. So, uh, so you know, Mutant World... Oh, yeah. Um, Pepe Morano's Generation Zero and Rebel. Um, Generation Zero is, you know... Probably you know a couple a decade or so after an apocalypse, and whereas Rebel is, I think Rebel's more dystopian, um, but it's kind of like a rundown dystopia. Well, you know, certainly, it they, almost seems apocalyptic. You know, you, you you tune in for the adventures in the ruined New York. Yes, which is where most of the story takes place. It's urban dystopia in a free fire zone New York. Yeah. But Generation Zero, fantastic uh, graphic novel, which was serialized in Epic Magazine, starting back in, uh, I want to say, like, uh, April of 83, I think is when it started. May, April, May, maybe yeah. March. Um, serialized in uh, in uh, Epic Magazine, and then uh, later on, uh, DC put it out as a compilation in, I think, around 90, 91, something yeah. like that. That is correct. Uh, um, but, yeah, and... Uh, you know, it's set like a decade, maybe after it's, you know, and it's got, you know, some giant mutants. It's got, you know, uh, societies. It's got, you know, it's not over the top gamma worldy, but it's definitely yeah. um, when you get to New York, there's some crazy robot running a cult of mutants and they're all horribly, you know, scarred and burned mutants. They're not the uh, uh, they're not the uh, uh, multi limbed mutants, but they're looking like those guys living under New York in beneath the planet of the apes. Speaking of gamma worldly things yeah. beneath the planet of the apes is a very gamma world movie. Yep. So uh, generation zero definitely got some good stuff in there. Um, if anything, you know, and also that came from Epic, you know, that'll branch me off into Epic magazine, which was put up by Marvel uh, for a limited. Uh, I think there was only like maybe, Oh God, I want to say like 20, 30 20 or 30 issues issues uh, which was sad because it was good epic was their answer to heavy metal um and heavy metal and epic magazine huge gamma world influences in 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 those stories not all of them but there is there is definitely some post-apocalyptic settings in those uh, magazines, you know, if you could get oh, all yeah. the, I, I can't give you any specific uh, issues right now, but there's a lot of post-apocalyptic little shorts in Epic Magazine and Heavy Metal, you know, because mm-hmm. again, back in the early 80s when I was playing Gamworld, I read Heavy Metal, I read Epic Magazine, and 
it just it was just inspiring a lot of times just to even read that stuff. I mean, because I wasn't G, I wasn't game mastering um, the game. My friend was, but just reading all these post apocalyptic stories were awesome. You know, because it just made me just feel great about playing. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, Generation Zero and, and uh, it, certainly Pedro Moreno's style. Uh, there's a couple others. What's the one Bunker Six A? Which which is in a compilation called uh, Zeppelin that he put out, which had yeah. uh, a bunch of different sh- war related short stories. Oh, well, yeah. I, I remember. You now it says it says somewhere on the back of maybe it's in Rebel somewhere that his style of art, especially back in the '80s, they used to call it hyper violence. <laughs> it, it, it's it's somewhere in the Not intro. Wrong. It's somewhere in the intro to one of those two. Maybe in Rebel, they used to call it hyper violence because a lot of his stuff was inspired by real pictures. Like he'd have like real pictures. And he would, you know, do the kind of draw, draw over it type of uh, art. Yes, kind of, almost like, a, almost like rotoscoping, almost kind of like, like yeah, kind of like, kind of like a rotoscoping uh, type, but not exactly, you know, because rotoscoping mm-hmm. tended to be a little more. Well, no, they, they, they did rather rotos- color and rotoscoping, but yes. Um. So yeah, so yeah, just like I said, even just heavy metal and epic magazines, and then there was a another one that somebody else put uh, put out. I can't remember who put. It. There's another one I can't remember what it was called, but. Those are very inspirational. Mm-hmm. And oh, speaking of inspiration from magazines, you had the uh, 2000 AD, the Progs, you know, which were the paper magazines that came out weekly in, oh. Uh, in oh. England. You know, yes. So uh, how can we forget? How can we forget the judge? Judge Dredd was in uh, 2000 AD and Judge Dredd, very Judge Dredd, the Cursed Earth. All again, that was back when I was playing and I was reading those because my local comic book store used to get the progs in. They used to get them in from, you know, I guess they had their distributor used to get them in from England. Oh, so you wouldn't even have to wait for the compilations. I was reading, I was reading 2000 AD. I used to have a stack like, you know, I used uh, up to up until about 10 years ago, I had a stack like probably like 10 inches thick of old progs I used to read. Wow. You know, I didn't, I mean, I didn't get every one that they came out in order, I, I but, got, I, but I read a bunch of them, you know? I got introduced by, to Judge Dredd by a friend of mine who loaned me compilations. One was an early Judge Dredd, uh, you know, compilation, and then there was the two-parter, The Cursed Earth. Oh, yeah, The Cursed Earth is, you know, that is the archetype for, you know, post-apocalyptic setting. That know, was... we, we got mutants with uh, superpowers, uh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, insane kingdoms in, in lost city, like Las Vegas is, a its own kingdom where everything is settled with gambling. Um, the, uh, there was that whole McDonald's story where the, which the, was left, which was left out in the original compilation and it, yes, only it, came, and, and it only came out in the reissue that they did about, about a year, year, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, where there's this cult based on McDonald's and other cult based on Burger King. And because it's the British and it's years ago, they didn't worry about lawsuits from McDonald's and Burger King. They fucking called them out by name. They didn't describe it as McDougal's and Burger Queen, okay? They just called it out as, you fucking Americans with your fucking burgers. (laughs) Just went ahead and let us have it. McDowell's. Yes, McDowell. I have the Golden Arcs, but uh... <laughs> I was very sorry to see that Sam Jackson doesn't get to come back in the new um, Coming to America movie. Yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, no, he's not in it. I, we watched just it. About, every other goddamn person is, but poor, not Sam Jackson does not come back as the armed robber. 
So he's, okay. he's moved on. Disappointed um, that. And because we mentioned Judge Dredd's The Cursed Earth, I guess we have to mention Damnation Alley. We should. Because Damnation Alley is what inspired The Cursed Earth. Yeah, inspired The Cursed Earth. And uh, that is, again, traveling from one side of America to the other in a uh, sort of an on-the-road picture in their high-tech, you know, uh, uh, land, uh, the Deathlands Crossing war wag facing off against mutant horrors, insane weather, tornadoes the size of Kansas, warlords, you know, the whole nine yards, the flaming rivers, you know, collapsing bridges. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, you gotta kind of throw damnation alley in there. It is a little, it is science fantasy. You know what I mean? It's, Oh yeah. It's it's very much a science fantasy post-apocalyptic world. Um, but I, I feel like that's another one that definitely, except, of course, you know, when we talk about the Cursed Earth and Damnation Alley, in Gamma World, there is no safe place like Mega City 1. Nope. There is no safe place like Texas City or Mega City 2. There, everything, in fact, Gamma World looks like they blew up Mega City 1. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The technology of Judge Dredd looks like what was blown up to create Gamma World, which is another way that it makes for good inspiration. Oh yeah, even even though uh, you have the the mega cities, it, it's still just Judge Dredd was still still felt very inspirational to me, you know, because of some of the things they do, the the high tech, you know, but then they would have uh, all these other you know things like they would still have kind of you know mutants in the sewers, and they had all you know all this other crazy ass stuff. So it, again, it still felt very inspiring not to mention the whole thing in in judge dread where because all citizens needs are met people engage in all these things in the mega cities to distract themselves to entertain themselves so politics becomes this sport um you know people adopt extreme lifestyles or become involved in block wars the block wars because they're bored yeah so they just decide that the people from the next you know housing complex you know, are there mortal enemies and have to die uh, in the same way that people have riots at soccer fields? Now they're having, you know, riots over, uh, I want to say the very first block war one was something like John Wayne block versus um, uh, Groucho Marx block. The blocks were named after celebrities or something. And I can't remember what the mark, the, what the blocks were called, but I, I really recall one of them was John Wayne block. Yeah. That probably you sounds know. about right. It's a, uh... But yeah, the you know, um, uh, just this is how this is how influential it was. It was um, in a second or third Gamma World campaign, like probably later '80s, like the last Gamma World campaign I played in with my friend. Um, you know, this is around '85, '86 was probably the last one. You know, um, it was generally me and my friend, and so it was me, and I have a couple of we'd have a couple of NPCs, so. Um, one of the NPCs was we, he just, he just sometimes just took things right out of the, uh, books, you know, but we had spikes, Harvey rotten was a character because my friend used to also draw too. So he looked like spikes, Harvey rotten. Um, <laughs> there was a character that looked, uh, whose name was Drock and, um, yes. From the curse word, from the fake curse word that they use in mega city one. And yeah, that character, the original drawing, you know, uh, was kind of primitive, but then the second one was more inspired by the 2000 AD 
uh, stainless steel rat character, John, uh, James Boulevard de Grizz. It looked like him, but his name was still Drock. We had a character named Stronium Dog, and he looked like Stronium Dog. So, yeah, sometimes we just... There was no, there was no mincing the uh, plagiarism in our in our game. Well, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Was there? There wasn't anyone named Hell Tanner, was there? No, no, not in any of the games we played. But uh, okay. we would have continued. If there could have been. Um, so, so yeah. So, th- you know, so those magazines are influential. Are influential. Um, you know, like we talked about Thundar the Barbarian. You know, gotta mention Thundar. Thundar is again, like we said, ga- up Gamma World, up one side, and down the other. Oh yeah, vibro uh, vibro swords and you know magic because the magic could really be just mutations, you know. Um, if you, you want to look the, at that way, considering that the mutations in Gamma World were basically there to fill in for magic. Yep. In D and D, why not? Plus robots, lasers, you know, all kinds of high tech uh, gadgets and whatnot. You know, huge mutants of all makes and models. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, Gamma World. Uh, sorry, it, 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 its connection to Thundar is undeniable. Uh, everything you need to know about Gamma World is in Thundar, and vice versa. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, it, it's it's one of the great inspirations for a Gamma World style campaign. Again, hundreds of years, centuries after the end, this is what the world looks like. You know, I think even in the intro, does it even say it's a thousand years in the future? Does it say? Or no? Oh, uh, in, in the Gamma World. Sorry, in the Thunder opening. Maybe I want to say it is. I want to say a thousand years from now. You know, but that's something like that. Yeah, it it, 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 it might as well be. Hell, there's two pieces of moon floating around up there. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and back to books a little bit. Uh, some more Gamma inspired. There was a story that I told you about. Uh, because when you brought when you brought up the hologram in the uh, McDivit the McDivit. A short story uh, reminds me of a story that I read, uh, which came out way before that. I think this this story probably came out in like the seventies. Um, uh, Vault of Ages, mm. but um, uh, I can't remember the author. It was it's ringing a bell, but I'm not. Uh, I, I can't, folks, I can't remember. The, it's called the book is called Vault of Ages. I think it's. I don't remember, but it's basically, you know, they, they've gone down to a medieval society and, you know, cities of the ancients are a taboo. You know, Paul you know, Anderson. Paul Anderson. Vault um, of the ages. Are off limits. And but the thing is, they're trying to find this. They know there there's these vaults there that hold like ancient technology. And there's this part of the story where they're in this ancient city and these guys are hiding out somewhere because, like, they're being hunted down. And they're in, basically, uh, the ruins of a old museum. And the old museum had holograms that were semi-intelligent. You know, like, they had, they were kind of pre-programmed and they even let them know. But they still had a, they were, you know, they were, like, semi-intelligent, you know, AI that, you know, new stuff. And like, they're like, it's talking, like, it's like, they're talking to the AI. He's like, Oh oh no, I can't go past here and there. And he's talking to him. So that was, that's very kind of gam worldly right there. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Again, it's the, they blew up the future. That's sort of key to gam world. It's one of the reasons why I always connected gam world to the fallout series, because they blew up the future as opposed to, you know, the present. Oh Yeah. 
Well, we didn't even talk about, you know, well, we've talked about Fallout a bazillion times. And but, yeah, it certainly will just throw in. Yes, it's a Gamma World. It, 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 if you want some Gamma World action, Fallout does it. It's why I recommended the original Fallout games to Jared was, dude, this is a taste of Gamma World. It's a small taste, but it's still a taste of Gamma World. It's very, you know, if we had to, you know, pick a modern Gamma World game, that's it's that's it. It's really, you know. It's X amount of years after there was high tech. There was, you know, it was kind of like, you know, that 50s, you know, view of the future, you know, yeah. which is how the original Gamma World feels like that kind of 50s view of the of the far future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, I had comp- I have not read Vault of Ages, but as we're sitting here talking, I am, you know, adding it to my wish list so that I can it was, scoop it was up a, a copy of it. It's a, it's an okay story. It's not too bad. Um, you know, I I found it like on a PDF somewhere. Like I I got it like as a you know an e-reader version, mm-hmm. and uh, read that one a, cool. a few a few years ago. But yeah, though no, they're they're so. I mean, we could talk for hours about Gam World, you know, Gam World inspirations, and we'll probably have to do another. I I want to throw out I want to throw out two last titles before we break, before we call this one an ending. And you gotta, you gotta include Robert Heinlein's Orphans of the Sky. Oh, yes. Yes, it is absolutely, um, you know, Metamorphosis Alpha. Okay? It's absolutely, it's a generation ship gone bad. And the, the, the people in the generation ship no longer think of the ship as a ship. They think of it as the entire universe. There is nothing beyond the ship. And it's a, it's a, uh, it's a world where the, Passengers on the ship who are forced to live, um, I want to say, close to the people who are living close to the zero gravity. Close, I think closer to the outer edges of the hull, I think, right? Yeah. Because, uh, because I, they're more exposed to radiation. Yeah. Um, there are mutations uh, amongst uh, the crew. And one of the main characters in the story is Joe Jim, who is a two-headed or- mutant uh, who is sort of, uh, you know, a... Orlean. Uh, Hmm? He's an Orlean. Well, he doesn't have four arms. He's close enough. Yeah. Uh, but he's got, you know, he's he's the guy who's got uh, 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 two heads, two different personalities. He can work all his limbs. He cooperate, the, but the, the heads talk and cooperate together. Yeah, it's it's, it's de- that is a full on <laughs> that's a full on Gamma World mutation. Uh, and his his right hand man Bobo is like you know short. With a microcephalic tiny little head and super strong arms and shit and is a lethal killer even though he's got the IQ of a baseball bat. You know, again that feels like Gamma World where he's got, oh, he got a, def- a defect mutation, but he also got you know, an advantage mutation. That feels very Gamma World as well. So you gotta include Orphans of the Sky. Uh, and the last one I want to throw out is this insane Philip Jose Farmer story Dark as the Sun which is set on an earth that has had so many rises and falls of civilization that although man is living in an age of tribalism with painted faces and loincloths and blow darts and spears, that's how we're living now. Sometime in the past, mankind had enough technology to move the earth so that the earth would not be eaten by the sun when it went through its red 
giant phase. And then civilization collapsed. And then civilization rose again over hundreds of millions of years. And human civilization then proceeded to fucking move the Earth, ignite Jupiter, and leave the solar system with our own miniature solar system. Kind of like how um, Larry Niven has the puppeteers leaving the galaxy in their own mobile solar system in the Ringworld novels. There's this thing where you, you encounter the puppeteer civilization having constructed an artificial solar system with an artificial sun and artificial planets orbiting it or, or planets that they've moved into it to orbit that is leaving the galaxy at sub almost the speed of light where it's starting to redshift where on one side of the solar system everything's blue and on the other side everything's red because of the way that the wavelengths of light are being shifted by its transit out of the galaxy mankind rose to those levels and crashed so the technology that's spread around this world is massively magical. Um, but how it's used in the story is just fascinatingly gamma world. They find they find what is essentially a flying airship, kind of like a, a bubble car from Gamma World, that at the touch of a button folds up into the size of a briefcase, right? And if you push the button, it unfolds into the size of basically you know, a Hercules transport aircraft. But since they don't know how to make it fly, all they ever do is use it for a hut. A yes, hut which, they can which pick is up, sad. Well, a hut that they can pick up and carry with them. But anytime they want to stop, they have a hut that they can seal off from the elements and then they're perfectly safe, you know? And during the course of their travels, they encounter, you know, uh, a, a almost death machine-like robot that you know, falls into their party, they encounter a, a, a centaur-like creature, a giant centaur-like creature that's mostly made out of plant material and vegetation um, that has evolved on Earth in the meantime. Uh, Earth is heading into the heat death of the universe. Mankind got good enough to preserve Earth in a manner by you know, having Earth leave the solar system with its own sun made out of Jupiter Earth could do that, but at some point, the heat death of the universe is going to consume everything. And so part of what the story is, is about trying to find a way through another dimension to, or through a time portal back to the beginning so that they can survive the end of the universe, the, 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 the opposite of the Big Bang. But this thing has got all kinds of wild mutations. Uh, it's got... Uh, uh, colonies of people they call witches who have learned to use the old technology. And so because they can use the old technology, they're referred to the, by the savages as witches. Um, the, the plethora of mutant powers and mutant creatures, very gamma world. And the same thing with the technology. The, there's a point where they find this building, and I, I never, I, I, I've read it a couple times, and I just cannot figure out what the fuck is going on. But they look inside this building and the giant statue, right, that's in the building that they can't get into. They can just look through the windows. There's a giant statue, kind of like, you know, like the Abe Lincoln in the Lincoln Memorial at the, in Logan's Run. Except it's Statue of Liberty sized or bigger. 
And instead of those figures, it's motherfucking Santa Claus. It's motherfucking Santa Claus on this giant pedestal carved by a lost civilization, two or three lost civilizations ago, that it just doesn't make any sense, right? Except that you can recognize it as Santa Claus. Yeah, the thing with the, I mean, yes, in, in that setting, a lot of those things seem very Gamma World-ish, but it's just the only thing that I have issue with is that it's like, well, it's like millenniums and no. upon millenniums in the future, and the society has risen, collapsed multiple yeah, times. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's far worse than that. It's they literally say fifteen billion years from now. Oh, okay. and here's and here's the deal: humans have not evolved, and I am buying that. That's yeah. the one thing that I just couldn't buy was humans have changed not one shred. In 15 Not billion years. In 15 billion. And we've only been around for what? Two million? Two million. From hunched over hairy Australia Pizzazine to this has been two million years. Apparently in 15 billion, we don't so much as get taller, shorter, you know, get better hearing, get worse hearing. It, it's weird. That well, part. Super, well, like, we're, like we're cockroaches. Like we're so perfect. We can't stand well, to be improved. None of these books, a lot of these books aren't perfect. We know no, that, you know, but, but folks, uh, you know, these, we're just scratching the surface on things that inspired or have inspired or are still inspiring us for Gamma World. Um, there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, but we, you know, we tried to hit on some of the higher level stuff, like stuff that is stuff that we, that really stands out to us, stuff that really like, you know, we come back to again and again and again, you know, and there, and there's a lot of minor stuff, uh, out there, you know, that we could talk about more and we'll, we'll probably talk about it more at some point, but this right now, I think it was a lot of the, the high end stuff. You know, some of it you may be familiar with. Some of you know, you know, uh, maybe new to you, new to you folks, uh, which is good. You know, because you know, uh, I've had people make comments about how, oh, you know, I've seen and learned and read so much new stuff from listening to you guys. Because that's what we're here to do. We're trying to here to bring new things to you know to people's uh, you know interests. You know, who are uh, uh, interested in the apocalypse. You know. Oh, you know, and good God. Um, I was going to say by the waters of Babylon. I do, did you have to read that in high school by the waters of Babylon? Was that required reading back in the, are 80s? you talking about a last Babylon or by no. the waters of Babylon by the waters of Babylon? No, uh, but I have read it. Uh, it's on my shelf. It's not a, it's not a big book, but, no. uh, no. um, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but we're not going to get into that because we're oh, run out of time where we folks, we have run out of time. This is our uh, new discipline. The, I hate it. I know, I know, because I don't want to have hour and a half, two hour shows anymore. The vaults are getting ready to close, so we have to rush back in. Um, <laughs> but again, folks, you know, like I said, we'll 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 talk about this stuff some more. We'll have a part. We'll have a part two to this. But again, these are just some of the things that stuck at the top of our brains really quick because these are things that 
we constantly think of. So that's going to be it for this episode, folks, of Gamma World Inspirations. Um, and we'll talk about some more Gamma World Inspirations. And maybe maybe we'll do a more closer apocalypse-type inspirations for things like Twilight 2000. Oh, yes. Th- things like that. We could definitely go into the things that will inspire you know, more short-term apocalypses, things that aren't so far in the future. So uh, we could talk about that, too. What's going to be at our next episode? I, I don't know yet. We're just, you know, we're just... Uh, we're just getting warmed up again. So these are our first two episodes, and we'll figure out what we're going to do next. But as always, folks, uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Just, you know, be safe out there out there in the wastelands, folks. So, uh, again, thank you, and uh, good night. And as I said, we will see you in the wastelands. Good evening. This episode of Podcast at Ground Zero has been brought to you by Hobo Soup. Hobo Soup, when you have to make do with what you got. Now available in apocalypse size. Keep up to date with us by visiting podcast at groundzero.com and subscribe to the blog via email.